0: what up y'all welcome to another episode of the great overthinker with me your host chasimar now it is still pride month and we're kind of wrapping things up we probably have like another week or so of the month and um yeah it's just been really really fun for me so far i i think this is probably the most i've ever done during pride month um I didn't go out or anything like that, but this is the first time, not the first time, but this is the most that I've had um, queer conversations, sharing queer conversations, of course, on this platform, um, learning more about the community, sharing my experiences, all those things, and just, you know, share, celebrating life. and and where we are and how far I've come individually and how far we've come as as a community. So it's been a really, really good month for all the things. And, you know, I want to definitely give a shout out to everyone who is part of the Pride community. Um, So many things to say. I I feel like I say it all the time, but but there is. But, um, you know, all of you who are celebrating, I hope you are... Having as much as much fun as I'm having um, this month, I you know I realize there are so many different ways you can celebrate. I know some people just chill, <laughs> you know, they stay in the house and celebrate. They love how they want to. Uh, if you're by yourself, chill out, do that. Um, if you want to go out and get a drink and celebrate with the community, do that. If you're an ally and you know, whatever that looks like for you, you're you, you're out there partying as well. Like, it's all good. It's, it's a, a great time for love and celebration and all those things. So shout out to everyone who's in the Pride community. Um, this episode today is going to be a little different than other episodes. We do not have a guest today per se, but we will be listening to some stories from queer individuals queer individuals that I know and is beautiful because there's such a range of people you know I want to go into the details of it because you'll listen to it they're going to talk about that talk about their own experiences and their identities and things like that but I'm really excited to share these stories with y'all I'm excited for y'all to hear um, just what they have to say I know being someone who was closeted for a very long time I always felt like I was the only person going through the things that I was going through, which was 100 percent not true. But it was because I didn't really have a lot of spaces where I heard stories of just everyday people and what they went through um, who were part of the LGBTQIA plus community and just didn't have that. So, you know, as you listen to these stories, you're going to hear stories of perseverance Um, love, acceptance, not acceptance, you know, all those things, rejection, if you will, and how everyone still made it through, you know, we're still here, figuring out life, figuring it out, trying to, to love and just be the best versions of ourselves that we can be. So, you know, without further ado, sit back. Relax, listen to the stories and be inspired, you know, happy pride and enjoy.
1: I am who I am, a trans man of color, standing proudly in my wall. My transition started about 12 years ago. Easy? No. Yet I refuse to be defeated by society. For every challenge I face, it gave me the power to be me and to be free. I came from a very, very religious background where they belief they was homosexuality was a sin. I believed in a higher power, a higher power of love, loving myself and loving others as God designed them to be. My transition was very rewarding to me. It led me to help others, also to help people as their authentic self. I am Reverend Sean Jackson, a trans man of color, a husband, a father, a grandfather. I am Mr. Trans Atlanta, and I also own Trans across Atlanta. Love you all.
2: Happy Pride. Hey everyone. So I'm going to share my coming out story, and my story is actually it's kind of like two coming out stories, um, <laughs> which I will explain. Um, So I knew from kind of like an early age that uh, I was gay I, or that I was attracted to women, probably around seventh or eighth grade. And I had crushes on teachers and crushes on students and friends and things. <clears throat> and um, so I kind of came to the realization that, you know, I was bisexual or something of that nature around eighth grade. And going into high school, I was pretty closeted. <clears throat> I would come up to a couple friends every now and then. But the first time I came out to a family member was with my mom. And at that time, I was super into the church and had considered myself a born-again Christian. And so when I came out to her, I was in a church that was really famous for these X-shirts. And she had asked me what X-shirt I bought or that I had. And I had said it was the ex-bisexual shirt, and she was so surprised. She was like, what? I didn't even know you had those feelings. And um, But at the time, I thought it was wrong, and I thought, you know, it's just not the life for me, but, you know, more power to other people. And she just reminded me how loved I was and uh, how, if I ever did feel those feelings again that she wouldn't shun me or, um, anything like that, that she would welcome me with open arms. So I lived, uh, in denial (laughs) for the next two years, struggled every day and came out again and (laughs) said, um, yeah, all that stuff I said about it being wrong, it's not wrong. It's who I am. And I'm, (laughs) you know, I'm gay. Uh, and at this point I knew that it was only, pretty much only women, (laughs) not men. So I, uh, yeah, I came out again as a lesbian and proud lesbian. And, um, so that's pretty much my story. Um, and then kind of came out to other family members, as time progressed and it's kind of like that first time every time you you come out because you kind of never know how the situation is going to pan out but thankfully I've had a really supportive family and um supportive group of friends uh to call my circle so I um I am Melanie Signing out, I am a queer woman of color. I identify as gay, lesbian, queer, Um, anything under the sun. I prefer uh, feminine women and I am beautiful.
3: (laughs) So this is a story about the conversation I had in high school that really changed my life. I was 17, a senior in high school. And in physics class and in study hall that I had, there were two other people. We used to talk all the time in the classes and share stories and, you know, do high school stuff. And the guy, I didn't know as well, but he was close to the girl because they shared I'm in mean, acting class together. And he always was so open about his life and sharing his experiences with us. And he was actually uh, openly gay. So he was out at a time when, you know, that just wasn't a thing for the rest of us in high school. And we all went to a performing arts high school. And so we were used to queerness and what that looked like. But in terms of being openly gay and open in sexuality in general, that wasn't so much a thing. Um, And this guy, you just wouldn't have made that assumption anyway. So for him to be open was a big deal, was startling, but also pretty amazing. And he shared his stories with us. One day, I remember him really talking about his journey of coming out and talking about the fact that his parents didn't approve and they actually kicked him out. So at this time, we're in high school and he's living with friends because his parents kicked him out. And he also shared stories about his relationships and about his sexual experiences with guys. And he did it in a way that had no shame or guilt attached to it. He just shared his stories openly. This is who he was. And as a 17 year old, and as a person who grew up in church, um, as the son of a pastor, that wasn't a thing for me yet. But listening to him tell his story, it was the first time I thought to myself, no matter what, I'm going to be okay. I hadn't come out to my parents. I hadn't even had intentional sexual relationships with guys at that point. But I knew that no matter what, I would tell my parents. They may not like it. They may not agree. But I was going to be okay. I would have experiences with guys. I would love men. I would have sex with men. And I'd be okay. I wasn't gonna go to hell. (laughs) I was gonna be able to love without shame, without guilt. So my message to anybody who's listening is, you can be exactly who you are and you'll be okay. My name is Clay. I'm queer all around, and I'm okay.
4: This is a story about the first person who taught me freedom, and it's an excerpt from my upcoming book. I met freedom when I was 14 years old. It was the spring of 2011 at Tri-Cities High School in East Point, Georgia. Freedom was wearing a gray sweater with a white shirt coming out the top, khaki pants. I don't remember the shoes, but I for sure know they were very him, to say the least. I took him on a tour around the school. We had a few laughs and shared a little gossip about some mutual friends, but not much of that made me think about him in the way I would be in the future. After that, I didn't see Freedom for six months until the next school year started. Fresh out of a relationship with my ex-girlfriend, who is now an out-of-the-closet lesbian, I didn't have much of my sights set on anything. One of my closest friends at the time ended up dating her almost immediately, which soiled that relationship and confused me greatly because we all knew she was a fan of the lady caravan. (laughs) Much of that year was a blur. I don't all too much remember high school. It was a combination of casual homophobic slurs from my father and gaining the requisite weight that it requires to suppress your sexuality. This was routine until we rolled around to high, to a high school production of The Color Purple. Freedom and I had not been close friends, even though we had been going to school together almost a year by this point. However, during this process, we became standouts amongst the high school theater clique and grew closer to each other as friends and stage mates. It was truly a delight to have a friend that was quirky, awkward, a carefree black kid, listened to songs like Stuck Like Glue and FDB one right after the other, joked with care, disapproved with respect, shared understanding of not being free, allowed me to have just the freedom I needed to feel comfortable in my then soulless skin. We had spent so much time together without addressing the growing emotional attachment that people just assumed that we were together at once, like as a couple. Now, I have a really homophobic, yeah, we're talking about my dad again. And to be honest, one of his favorite sayings growing up was fide faggot. And because of that embedded homophobia, I had an issue accepting that I had grown an emotional attachment to another guy. I had no problem reciprocating a blowjob under the bleachers or masturbating to videos rifled out of SeanCody.com. But as the time came to openly admit that I liked another boy for who he was, that I wanted our lips to touch so that I could feel freedom for the first time, I was scared. Afraid and disgusted with myself, weary of the bullying I knew was yet to come in my household. I had grown so frustrated with the rumors that I cried breaking down to freedom alone in a classroom. And he had no idea why. Freedom was what we called a lame in high school. Not that he was a lame individual. He was just not popular and did not give many fucks about his social status amongst the entire high school population and thus was lame. What a fucking concept. Anyway, I cried for about half an hour about everything and how much I hated that people were talking about me and the lies they were telling, even though I didn't mind the thought of being Freedom's boyfriend. Later that night, I text Freedom, still upset about all the things that happened that day, and he was supportive and attentive to the conversation as always. I remember this bold moment almost perfectly i asked freedom what he thought about people saying we were together and he said they were crazy i responded and said i kind of didn't mind it and he said neither do i it was the first time in my life where i felt free truly free i had never openly expressed that my inner being was capable of this attraction I knew I liked boys for a very long time. I think my first crush was in second grade to some kid who I was talking about opening up a nail shop with. But that's besides the point. At 15, nearly 16 years old, I had committed to what seemed to be the biggest crime I could ever commit. That was telling the truth. In that moment of saying I didn't mind, I had fully admitted to myself and freedom that I was okay with everything I felt. And it felt like I told it to the entire world. After that moment, I deleted every text message immediately after it was sent or received. I couldn't even have a gay paper trail because my gay phone was sending gay messages and my parents couldn't have had confirmation that they had a gay son. (laughs) The next day, Freedom met me in the drama classroom before the day even started. It was about 7.45 a.m. and we didn't have to be in class until 8.40. We walked and saw each other and stood there, saying nothing and everything at the same time. Guts in our stomachs, hearts in our eyes, we stood there. It was about two minutes in and I said, hi. And we both broke out in laughter and he ran over to me and kissed me as if I had just come home from war. Now I claim to know nothing of what it is like to leave loved ones to fight for your country and come back to receive love. Though I do know what it is to feel that accepting yourself will get you disowned, beat up or traumatized. And that is an internal war that I wish on no one. So at that moment, I had finally come home from an internal war. I found myself, I found love, I found freedom. That kiss still sticks with me today. It influences every time I kissed a partner after that. I remember how that kiss at that moment made me feel free, valued, appreciated, seen, heard, understood, accepted, and respected. And from that moment on, I knew that anytime time I kissed someone, it was my duty to offer those amenities. I ran to class and smiled ear to ear for the entire week. Yes, I was happy, wait, gay for an entire week because of this moment. I sent him a message immediately after that, asked, asking, hi, so does this mean we're together? And he said, yes. Well, what do you think? And I said, uh, yes. <laughs> I had a boyfriend, an actual boyfriend, not some random person I met in a chat room on showyourdick.com or somebody from a Twitter handle that I was messaging on kick. No, this was the real deal. And I was officially an eligible candidate for cutest couple in the high school yearbook. Not like that actually existed, but I can dream and y'all can't stop my shine. It was opening night of our show and we had some fire under our asses to have a good show that night. (laughs) I remember walking on that stage and beaming for multiple reasons, but it was because I was finally free. My name is Eliakim Abraham. Some people call me Chess. I am a Black, Afro-Latinx, Jewish, and queer non-binary person. And I am exactly who I'm supposed to be at this moment.
3: Thank you.
5: To be Black, queer, polyamorous, spiritual, and woman. I am all of this and so much more. My intersectionalities are the core of my existence and the foundation on which my experience of this life and this world are built. What does it look like to be a non-monogamous person with all these sauces mixed into the pot? Let's just say my life would make for a pretty dope Netflix special. (laughs) I define polyamory as the following, ethical non-monogamy and both the capacity and desire to foster multiple love connections with the consent of all parties involved. I will say that from what I had witnessed along my poly journey in the beginning, this unfortunately was not the standard. But as for me and my village of love, we are committed to polying with integrity, which inherently necessitates honesty, communication, compassion, intention, unconditional love, and most importantly, freedom. Years ago, before I began my openly poly journey, I came across an article that forever changed me and gave me the language to articulate my thoughts and feelings as they relate to love and freedom. The article was entitled, Can We Be Lovers and Not Have Sex?, the first line of the poetically written article read, I want a life of a million lovers. No truer words had ever fallen upon my ears. That is what I have been trying to express all this time. That was my truth. It speaks to the endless possibilities of love and freedom. It captured my desire to have as many deep, meaningful connections with souls that I am aligned with and drawn to without the complications of outside rules, societal norms, and other typical complications as I truly desired. This was before my official introduction to polyamory and the language of our community. I simply wanted to be, to be love and play with anyone my soul and heart desired to play with as they too were just being and being love. Freedom, alignment, and true God-level love was and remains the core of my truth. Although I have grown and evolved as a polyamorous woman. And while all of this still holds true, my poly has developed into a beautiful vortex that I hold near and dear to my heart. It is now covered with my queerness, my spirituality, and my collective communal nature. I think of it as a lifelong journey of collecting souls, each of which we get to create what our union will be, stay flexible about how it can and will evolve, and truly build magically delicious experiences. I truly feel blessed and believe wholeheartedly that my intersectionalities make for an extremely exciting, soul-satisfying, blissful, polyamorous journey. I am Nina Love, and I am a proud, Black, queer, polyamorous, spiritual woman. Coming out to
6: a Christian mom. And coming out is in extreme quotations because I don't know if there is such a thing. Uh, so before I start, I'm going to start with, I'm going to give you a little Wayne Lighter flick because I've always wanted to do it. <sighs> <laughs> All right, so um, I was born and raised in Fairfield, California. It's a suburb of the Bay Area and I'm a church kid. Um, I'm a PK, but my parents are divorced. Whenever I tell somebody I'm a PK, they're like, Oh, you, you, you grew up going to your dad at church and your dad. No, I didn't actually. My daddy's church was in Richmond. I went to church in Fairfield. Um, I was a modern day PK. Um, so grew up like that. Um, but I was in church three to four days a week, whether it was two times on Sunday, we had Bible study on Wednesday, youth department meeting on Saturday while my mom was in her Sunday school teachers meeting. Um, so there was, it was no joke. Um, I come from a type of household where, you know, you don't play with God. My mom did not allow me to play with God. You know, if I pretended to shout, you know, it was a problem, this and that. Now, I grew up, I was a, I was a tomboy, quote unquote, my whole life. I played basketball. Uh, played softball. Every sport with a ball that you could play, I played it. Um, I was in martial arts. So I was always very tomboyish. And I think that my mother specifically, who's also from South Carolina, extremely Southern. Um, I think my mom used me being a tomboy, used me being an athlete as kind of a coping mechanism of, no, she's not gay. She's just... An athlete. Lisa Leslie is a tomboy, I'm sure of it. And like, no, mom, she wears dresses and heels off the court. Um, So I remember when I was in high school, uh, I went to a new high school my junior year. I went to a school called Angelo Rodriguez High School. And my entire life, I've obviously been attracted to girls, looked at girls, maybe didn't really know what it was, but you know, had boyfriends, but still definitely thought like my homegirls were fine as hell. (laughs) so, uh, in 11th grade, this was my chance, I was at a new school, um, and I met a girl that was a year younger than me, she was in the 10th grade, her name, um, was Ashley, and me and Ashley got really cool, really close, um, she was my first gay friend, and she was the first openly gay person, really, that I knew, um, me and Ashley got really cool, and my mom, did not like me hanging out with Ashley because my mom just had a feeling. I think she just had like a sixth sense. Like, there is gay in this child. Keep this child away from my child. Um, But that didn't work. Uh, I used to sneak out and go to Ashley's house at night. I remember one time I spent the night at Ashley's and came back home with a hickey. And my mom, it was like, it was almost like if you take a robot and pour water on his head, and then just watch him spaz out. That it, that was it was my that was what it was like watching my mom trying to compute exactly what the fuck was going on. You have a hickey, but you were with a girl all night. Y'all must have been with some boys. And then uh, she recently tells me that she she felt that Ashley was uh, influencing me to be gay, even though the girl was younger than me, smaller than me. She was influencing me. And if you know me influencing me is already an oxymoron in and of itself because I do what I want when I want and I got the, I got the the, the the scars to prove it but uh, one day in particular um, that's why I said coming out to a Christian mom um, my mom let me use her car Ashley and her family had moved to Sacramento which was about 40 miles from where my mom lives I use my mom's car I go to Sacramento spend all this time with Ashley her mom doesn't know that I'm there. I end up hiding in the closet, have to hide in the closet for like three or four hours. Ashley brings me um, food to the closet. I'm eating in the closet. This is a a good synonym, in the closet. So once I'm able to finally sneak out, I now have to go back home. Now, I've already been at Ashley's house for at least five hours. I've been gone way too long and I have a 40 mile drive back. I get back to my mom's, I I fill up the gas tank and I'm cool. She asked me the next day, Kalia, where did you go? Oh, I didn't go anywhere. You went to Sacramento to see Ashley, didn't you? No, I didn't. Kalia, Yes, you did. Now, of course, because you're a teenager and you think you're smart, even though you're dumb, of course I'm thinking that I'm gonna get away with this because I put gas in the car. Not thinking that my mom knows the mileage on her car. She's like, Kalia, there's over a hundred miles on my car. (laughs) This city is 12 miles wide. Where the fuck you been? (laughs) So I told her I was with Ashley, Um, you know, told her that I liked Ashley. And she was like, you like all your friends. Like completely dismissed it, ignored it. So from that point forward, we never really discussed anything. Then let's fast forward to me moving to LA. Um, And then a couple years later, I had my girlfriend at the time move in with me. Now this was a studio apartment. And I mean, it was the studio of all studios. We didn't even have a full kitchen in that house. It was a studio apartment. My mom came to visit. And she's just always like, how's your friend? Oh, your friend is with you. I'm like, mom, there's one bed in here. When we both lay on the ground, we're touching the walls. This is not my home girl, you know what I mean? Um, But it's just something, you know, now, literally recently, within the last year, we've had talks about how I felt as a kid and and things of that nature. And she's finally um, listening to me when I talk about being gay and things of that nature but I just don't think it's something I mean she obviously it's not something that she agrees with but she's not the I'm gonna shun you you know this and that parent Um, but she definitely is going to continue to buy me leggings for Christmas Um, (laughs) and pencil skirts just hoping she's like you got all that ass like you need a nigga in your life Um, yeah no I just Coming out to a Christian mom, I guess the moral of the story was I never came out. I was just, I'm just here now. And my mom is just like, whatever. (laughs) My name is Kalia McNeil. I am a queer black woman and I'm happy. God is good.
7: (laughs) A few years ago, I spent some time as a missionary for a Christian organization, Adventures in Missions. And during my time, I had um, teammates, I had team leaders, and we were in these countries serving in whatever capacity um, that was asked of us according to the organizations that we visited. So during that time... I was first and then always operating heterosexually in my um, preferences, but I realized I had these very intimate sexual feelings for one of my female team leaders. And I freaked out about it, honestly, being overseas on a Christian missions trip that I received funding for um, to spread the gospel all these things. So I called a friend over back in the States who I know is definitely a Christian man, but also very much in love with men, which is why I love him even more. So now I call him and he basically tells me to leave it alone and to not jump into those feelings. And I said, sure, fine there. I had this whole teen time arranged where I found scriptures about leaving it in the sea and um, putting it away and just going forward but leaving things behind. And I had other people share what they wanted to leave behind as we were in transition heading to Greece, um, no, leaving Greece, heading to um, South Africa. So. I left it there throughout the rest of the journey, which was about seven months. A lot of stuff happened intense emotionally, but she never knew I had these feelings for her. And then the journey ended a few years later. I moved to California and now I'm living in this house with this beautiful surfer girl who just kept making passes at me. And she eventually made attempts to kiss me. And we bumped teeth, so we never actually really kissed. But then I started having all these fantasies about her and I'm freaking out because I'm like, Charlitha, what is going on? Who are you? Do you, are you, what is going on? So now as things continue living in that home, um, in this house with this beach girl, it, it was just not gonna happen because she had a boyfriend and then I was feeling all weird. Like, how is it that I can have these feelings for her and then she's going back to this dude didn't work fast forward I had a thing with this girl at work and I had my first girl kiss when that first girl kiss happened I was very 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 much (sighs) I was just in awe the things that happened I just couldn't believe it as related to just the feelings fast forward other things happen, and then I just knew that this was the way. (laughs) So now, here I am still sorting through where to say these things, so thank you for this platform. Um, I haven't fully told my family, but I know just in terms of all the reasons why I didn't move forward with men, it makes so much sense now. And I am so grateful to say that I am a queer black woman that is full of love, light and lots of chocolate sunshine. My name is Sherlita Jordan.
0: Hey, y'all, it's me, Jazmar again. And of course, I have a story to tell. I don't have a um, super cohesive story, (laughs) like a start, middle and end, but I do wanna just share what coming out has been for me. And in short, I will say, it's just been very, very, very liberating. As someone who grew up in the South, in the church space, Under not conservative, not one hundred percent liberal, you know, um, spaces, I felt a lot of pressure as a a queer black boy, not knowing that I was really a queer black boy and trying to hide it, like. it it was a lot you know so I felt like I definitely just had to hide myself the whole time just I didn't have a lot of queer out people around me growing up and I felt like being down low was the lifestyle that that's just what it is and I didn't really know any other way and you know Over the course of, you know, I moved to California, as you all know, and obviously it's a more liberated type of place. But I began to find more of who I was and began to create a community that allowed me to be unapologetically myself. And as that changed over time, my community may have shifted a little bit, but I began to make sure that I was around people that I felt were feeding my spirit, and allowing me to be who I was. So I didn't come out until I think I was about 28, 29. And the very first person that I came out to was actually Rashad, who was a guest on the show um, earlier this month. And from that, it started this catalyst of like, you just have to do this, you know? And it wasn't always easy. It's not like I'm just having this conversation like, oh, I'm I'm queer, by the way. It was you know, there was timing and, and all these things. So it's still a journey. But up until that point, I was living these completely different lives um, where, you know, I'm queer. I'm, I'm on, you know, whatever dating apps and talking to people on one side. But then they would never, you know, meet my my friends that I may have grown up with or who I considered, you know, close friends at that time. And it was just like becoming too much for me. Like I just, I could not do this anymore if I wanted to live a life that I wanted to live, a life of happiness and joy and um, cohesiveness. Like I couldn't keep compartmentalizing uh, my life and putting it in these different categories. It just wasn't working. And, you know, a key point for me was like actually getting in a relationship you know because there's a certain way that i want to show up in my relationship that required me to just be myself at all times and not saying that you know my partner is the, the person that made me do that it was my my own desire and being with him has helped me for sure but that definitely like shifted a lot of things in me so you know i My goal is just to be myself at all times. And it has actually, as far as coming out, has pushed me to do a lot of the things that I've always wanted to do. And I'm able to do it in a more authentic way that is less stressful, that is obviously more true to myself and fun. You know, I think being yourself is actually really, really fun because you don't have to worry about. Well, this person is going to say this thing, or I don't want to sh- up like I don't want to appear this way to another person. And I'm not saying those things don't come up because as an overthinker, and you know, I'm always thinking about those things. But as far as actually carrying out the things that I want to in a in a real way, coming out has been such a, a crucial thing that I had to do in order to. To, to achieve this life that I wanted, want to achieve. And I'm still trying to achieve. Like, everything that I want to do is not, you know, fulfilled. But I know I have to be myself. And, you know, and even if I'm thinking back to coming out to my parents and, you know, me overthinking that, I just thought it wasn't going to work out. I thought they are going to disown me. They're not going to talk to me anymore. They are just not going to be for it. It's not going to happen. And the opposite happened. You know, I think the love of them in my life, just in general, just everything that I do, they, they let me know how much they love me and how much they're proud of me. And it's been really, really helpful. You know, and I know everyone doesn't have that, but, you know, a lot of times you just have to get outside of yourself and, Just live in your truth. and You can't control what the outcome is. You don't know what everyone's going to say, but you have to live your life, you know. So regardless of some of the outcomes that has happened over my life, you know, I am really excited and happy that I was able to come out and just live my, my full self, you know, We all have different groups of friends out there. We have our our church group. We have our high school group. We have our college group friends. You know, if we have those. We have our work friends, if you have those as well. Um, And a lot of times you try to keep those things separate as a closeted individual. And, you know, there is so much love to be had by being yourself, you know, and letting your light shine wherever you are so that's my my story it ain't <laughs> you know anything super super special but it's special to me and i hope that you know it touches you and you know touches someone out there but yeah that is today's episode i want to give a major shout out to everybody everybody who shared their story today You know, in me putting a show together and listening to everyone's story, I was definitely in my feelings because, you know, and listening to some of these stories, it just took me back to where I was in high school or where I was. You know, talking to my parents coming out, or all those things. So, thank you all for sharing. I know that there is um, liberation in you telling your story for yourself, but also liberation that is put in the universe for those who may not feel comfortable being themselves. Um, yeah, because, you know, again, like I said before, there's just so much love to be had for us to not be who we want to be, you know, or who we are. So thank you all again for participating. And you know again to, to wrap things up, you know, I I want to wish everyone a happy pride. It's been so fun for me thus far as I said earlier in the show, but uh, I hope you all are just enjoying it and Yeah, so don't forget to subscribe to The Great Overthinker on Apple and Spotify Podcasts. Make sure you subscribe and like and all those things so you can get the notifications. And yeah, if you like the show, feel free to share with your friends as you should be. I am, you know, wrapping up the season. We have about two more episodes. So yeah, season one is almost a wrap. So looking forward to that. If you have any questions, listener questions, feel free to email us at thegreatoverthinker at gmail.com. You can also email us if you are interested in participating in the show and maybe being a guest. You can also visit our website at thegreatoverthinker.com to see our bonus clips or listen to our bonus clips. We have, um, what is it? maybe eight eight or nine episodes up there already so you know check that out you can follow us on instagram at the great Overthinker. and yeah i think that's all i have for today um yeah i just hope you all enjoy your days be free be yourself know that you are loved and until next time bye <laughs> bye y'all